It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's must-win time for the Cincinnati Bengals as they're looking to show that they can change, they can adapt, and they can win on the road. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network here on Lockdown Bengals, bringing you coverage of your team every day. You can find us on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts, and please do subscribe if you're looking for daily updates, news, and analysis on the Cincinnati Bengals, because that'll make it really easy for you to join the First Listen Club, everyone who makes us their first listen every day. Really easy to join the Everydayer Club. Those who don't miss an episode, we appreciate every single one of you. Today's episode brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNFL and use promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. We've heard multiple Cincinnati Bengals this week. James, talk about this game in Week 5 as a must-win. That message has found its way throughout this locker room to essentially every player I've heard asked about it since Joe Burrow answered the question with a quick and sure affirmative on Wednesday, the players are treating this deadly serious. And for good reason, you get to one and four. That is a place that is very hard to recover from. They're already in a place that is hard to recover from. And one and four certainly makes that worse. So the mindset for this team this week could that translate to the field? That is what we need to see in week five in Arizona. Yeah, I think this is is certainly and even if they don't have to say it, like I, I was me and Ben were the ones that asked Burrow why it was a must win. And it was more so because he just said yes and we wanted a little bit more. And uh it, it's it's funny when people are critical of those those questions, but usually they get good answers and all of these guys have given good answers as to why and burrow was actually able to give the he went the football route with obviously the standings and the road win and all of those things and the the thing that i think it matters the most is morale Mm -hmm. hope you lose it to arizona there's going to be a lot more doubt in the locker room than there is now I, i don't think there's doubt in the locker room i know there's a lot of doubt outside the building and outside of these walls i'm at paycor stadium for those not watching on youtube i i think there is but inside, I, I still think they believe. And part of why they may believe is something that Joe Burrow hinted at on Wednesday. I got confirmation late Wednesday, but I didn't know exactly what was said. I talked to some players today, and, and it, it certainly became public. Joe Burrow addressed the team after the loss to Tennessee, which was obviously really, really ugly. Here's what Jamar Chase and Andre Yosevash 
had to say about those comments. You could tell he was frustrated for the loss. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, he got a lot of passion for the game, and he shows it when we lose. And, you know what I'm saying, as a captain, that's what we need from those guys. And, you know what I'm saying, to pick the team back up, let them know that, you know, we just faced adversity. We are back against the wall. Now we got to fight. Really that our backs against the wall. And we got to fight, like, like I just said. You know what I'm saying? And that's the biggest thing he said. Uh, we're in the slump right now. We got to get out of it. It was kind of speaking what everybody was thinking, but it's nice to hear it from the leader who, who may be more reserved, I guess. I mean, not reserved, but, you know, he, he chooses his words wisely. That's what I would say. And uh, so it's nice to hear it. And, you know, when you see your leader have some emotion, things like that, it, it's, it's nice. It brings you a different type of fire. I like that part at the end, the rookie. It brings you a different type of fire. And uh, those videos, I posted them on Cincinnati Bengals talk. But the thing that that I think is interesting about this is the intensity, Jake, that I felt sitting, I don't know, maybe 10 feet away from Joe during his news conference on Wednesday. It felt like he was more dialed in. And I don't think that was an act for the media. And I think it started at some point when he was on the field at Nissan Stadium and, and the walk to the locker room. Whenever he gathered his thoughts, he, he said, all right, I'm going to address the team. I'm going to tell him. And I think part of what he told them was that there's no one else he would rather be teammates with and go through this adversity with and that they were going to get through it. I know those guys didn't say that. I think that's part of what he said. I don't have all the details, but I think it was uh, it was impactful. And, and those guys may, may downplay it a little bit, especially Jamar. Jamar's used to Joe, but I think it did matter. And they're presenting a united front. So they've, they've heard the same messaging all week. The messaging has penetrated their consciousness but but like we've said you know we can talk about all this what they're saying how they're acting all these things if it doesn't translate to the field we're, we're going to be sitting here next week saying man yeah. can, what hope is there at one and four get to two and four going to the bye can, can they win 10 in a row again to get to you know, 12 wins would be pretty good but it, it's it's pretty tough is all i'm saying to, to come back from that point, and like you said, from a, from a morale perspective, from a mental perspective, that can get to be a lot too. They've faced adversity before. They haven't been one in four when expectations are just crazy high compared to previous years, right? And, and so from a psychological perspective, that is something to overcome. But there, there's certainly a lot of football to this that will end up being way more important than what they've said this week. Yeah. Yeah. The, the football side, it starts with Burrow. And, and so let's do that. Let's get to Burrow and how he looks physically, because you know what else? I'm oh, I'm so sick of this. Show us him being attacked by rushers and running and escaping the pocket. That's impossible. I literally I, I'd have to go to Madden to do that. There's no way I can do that mid practice because what um, we're not allowed there. And they're also not going to rush him too much. I don't think in practice anyways. Maybe they are. I don't know. I can't see. That said, I talked to multiple players today on record, but not completely on record. I don't think they mind me sharing. Joe does look better this week, and he is improving. And and it's funny when those, those routes on air, those individual throws that everybody's seen, we didn't see him do that before the Monday night game. It was very, very little, very light. Last week, it was a short week. And yes, he was doing that stuff. It was still a short week, and he still wasn't moving the same. 
And I, I think the movement is better and players that are on the field and able to see him go through the, the simulation and the team drills 11 on 11 have said the same thing. So I do think that the mobility will be better. And the, the thing that I'm hoping for, because I think it's unrealistic to expect Burrow to, to roll out a bunch and, and scramble for, for a 12-yard first down and all of those things that we've seen him do, can he step to the right when he knows he needs to? Can he step up in the pocket one step? The little subtle pocket movements that he's so great at that we didn't see against Tennessee, hopefully we can see that on Sunday. That, like That's all I'm hoping for. I, all the off-script the off script stuff, I'm not even thinking about that. Can you just a little bit, a little bit here, step up, step back, step forward, step left? If he can do those things, I, I just that. In, it's not a small thing, but if he's able to do that, I think it will go a long way. Very important part of his game. And and like you've said, we've seen video. We, we've seen, we've heard him talk about in his presser on Wednesday, the fact that he has ramped up movement this week. He's very encouraged with how that's going. Reminds me of kind of how he appeared to play in week two when they started to figure some things out in that second half against Baltimore, which is a defense that's had his number kind of reminds me of, of that feeling where the movement is starting to come a little bit more. It's not a hundred percent by any means, but he's looking more confident in things, but also it, it's kind of that phase in the injury and the recovery from this injury where the player is starting to feel good, starting to feel closer to right. doesn't necessarily feel the tightness, doesn't necessarily feel the soreness, but that risk is still there. That's in the back of my mind as well. So that's the tightrope that you need to walk if you're Joe Burrow, if you're the Cincinnati Bengals offense trying to construct around Joe Burrow. And we'll talk about some of the adjustments that we might see this week based on kind of some of the trends we've seen the last couple of weeks. But you can't have those sprint outs. You still want to keep him in the pocket. You want to keep those movements small and manageable yes. and controlled. While at the same time, you might start to see him feeling a little bit better. And you might just see some incremental improvements in those areas. Let's stay on the topic of the offense, of Joe Burrow, of some of the changes we might see this week. Because they need to get off to a fast start. Can't be down 14-0 to again in another matchup where the opponent wants to run the ball. Got to get going faster in the first quarter. Let's talk about this offense a little bit more. Coming up next. This episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast is brought to you by Bird Dogs. I am currently, believe it or not, wearing pants. Not only am I wearing pants, but they are Bird Dogs <laughs> pants. They're the joggers that Bird Dogs sent us. And these things are incredible. Thank God talk, you're wearing pants. We talk a lot about how comfortable this stuff is from Bird Dogs. I was personally never a liner guy in shorts and pants until Bird Dog sent us some stuff. And I've started wearing this stuff, wore some of the shorts to the gym yesterday, to the yoga class I went to yesterday, wore them today for a dog walk while we're recording the podcast. They're the exact same as Lululemon in function, but they fit way better. They're going to let you move easily. They're going to breathe well if they're pants. They're going to look great on you wherever you are in your fitness journey. So check it out at birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or enter promo code locked on NFL. When you check out at birddogs.com, you'll get a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Speaking of fashion, speaking of swag, Jake's got it right now in his bird dogs gear, but you got to get, 
to Schultz Jewelers. What are Schultz Jewelers? Oh, it's a local jewelry store here that Matt Schultz, a diehard Bengals fan who is hoping, like all of us right now, that the Bengals are able to right the ship this season. Uh, he is going to guide you when you're looking for that perfect ring for her or that perfect birthday present or Christmas present, which is quickly approaching. Whatever the occasion, Schultz Jewelers is here for you. And they deal with lab-grown diamonds, so you can get your fiancé that dream ring, like I mentioned, but it's not going to crush your wallet because, like, I get it. The Bengals players, they're swagged out. They got that kind of coin. We don't all have that kind of coin, and that's why you have to find value, but you don't want to sacrifice quality, and you want the right insight. And so you can get it from Schultz Jewelers, a modern jewelry store between their unique custom designs, top-rated permanent jewelry. There really isn't anyone like them. They've been doing it for more than 70 years here in the greater Cincinnati area. And you can find them at 2202 Dixie Highway in Fort Mitchell. It's five minutes into Kentucky, five minutes from where I am right now at Paycor Stadium. You can also check them out online at S-C-H-U-L-Z-Diamonds.com. That's SchultzDiamonds.com. We know the Bengals strive for perfection. Schultz Jewelers does too. Because when it has to be perfect, it has to be Schultz Jewelers. We're going to stay on the topic of the Cincinnati Bengals offense because, well, I, I did a poll. And this is why we talk about the offense so much. I asked Bengals fans, what percentage of fault do you ascribe to the coaching staff? And about 65% of respondents were at 50% or more is the coach's responsibility for the one and three start. And then asked a follow-up question. Okay, for everyone who thinks it's the coach's issue, which of these things bothers you most? Is it that they played Joe Burrow? That was like 13% of answers. Is it offensive play calling? Is it defensive play calling? Is it the offensive scheme? About 90%. We're on offensive scheme or play calling, which are interchangeable, I think, for a lot of fans as the issue with the Bengals offense right now. So what can they do differently? We've seen some wrinkles that have been mostly effective that we might start to see more of. This is the way that adjustments happen over the course of the season. You start to see them in spots and then you start to see them incorporated more into the regular flow of the offense when you're not on those scripted drives, when you're not in you know crucial spots where you have a lot of scheme stuff ready for, say, third downs or low red zone or whatever it is. Not that they've necessarily been great in those areas and that can be better too, but the, the pistol stuff that we've seen from the Bengals, we've seen some great play action looks out of pistol that gives them more ability to be diverse in the running game when they get into pistol. Something that we've seen them slowly building up the last couple of weeks and a lot of people talking about is a potential, not silver bullet necessarily, but piece that can help this offense be more diverse and, and help with the running game, help Joe Burrow a little bit. The other thing is, is that cheap motion, as Kyle Shanahan called it, more of those little bits of motion moving Jamar Chase around Jamar Chase-centric game plan, especially with T. Higgins battling, didn't practice on Thursday. He was on the rehab field. If he can't go, then you really have to run things through Jamar and Joe Mixon probably to, to some extent as well, a little bit more. That's where that pistol thing comes in. Could start to see some more of that this week. We're all looking for signs of growth and adjustment in this Bengals offense, however. Yeah. No, it, I, I think uh, – no, yeah, as I say that – we talked about it 
at least uh, message-wise, the pistol. I think maybe it was just when we weren't recording, but I expect more of that this week for sure. And we'll see. We'll see how it looks. I just think it gives them another wrinkle. It's something they're probably more – they're getting more and more comfortable with, and that's that's part of it is when was it installed? When did they realize they'd have to go to it? Did they think it wasn't going to be as effective in Tennessee? I don't know. Or are they just – working on it a lot more this week whatever the case is hopefully that that is effective and that can continue to expand their what has been an inconsistent run game i I think some have advertised that oh man this rushing attack has been great and and it's been good and this isn't a joe mixon thing it's just the run game it's been a lot of 12 two and one two maybe three and then 12 the problem with this offense it's been so limited if you have a two-yard run we've talked about this jake you have a two-yard run and you're on second and ten. Well, third and eight is like a nightmare right now. For and, this and to team. be fair, I just want to point out really quick: we haven't seen a whole lot of running on second and ten. But even if we they have. had that run on first and ten, second and eight has been done. Second and eight's time. tough. Yes, yeah. second and eight's tough right now because if it's an incomplete for whatever reason, you're looking at that third and eight, and and mm-hmm. so it's just been. It hasn't been as consistent, I think, as they want. Maybe the pistol opens that part up. Maybe it is able to, to throw a couple of wrinkles in there. But, but I think the ultimate key is making sure because this team and people may hate it, people may love it. I don't think they're going to go to Arizona and run it 50 times. Part of that is because Joe Mixon has been used a ton. He's been on the field a ton. And that is hopefully one of these other running backs can emerge just to keep him fresh because it's really early in the season and they're leaning on 28 a lot. So that would be part of it, but they're going to throw the ball. They're not going to run the ball 50 times on Sunday. We know that. So can that motion that, that you mentioned, can Burrow and Tyler Boyd hook up on, in the middle of the field when they were so close to doing so against Tennessee? Can they get into a rhythm early? I think all of these things uh, are, are huge, huge factors. And, and so scheme, play call, all of that matters. But I, I think – like I said, the, the health of Burrow, I, the pistol, can, can that be another wrinkle? It could all come together this week. I, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. I've been pretty optimistic since Tuesday. I think it surprised you a bit. I, I feel pretty good, but they have to go out and do it this week. And, and we're going to see what this offense is made of, what this coaching staff is made of. We'll get to the defense, but it, it's one of those games where we're, we're going to see it. And, and if they've made – the, the right adjustments, press the right buttons, and uh, if if they're just healthy enough. So we'll see. I mean, why why shouldn't this this Bengals offensive line be able to hold up this week in much, much better, whether it's on the ground or for Joe Burrow? Like, to me, I think they should. And I think if the Cardinals blitz this week, it should feel much, much different than what the Titans did last week and that Burrow should be able to capitalize. You would hope so. They need to have better answers for the blitz as well. And they need to deal with the blitz a little bit better in terms of protections. They're going to continue to get unscouted looks. They're going to continue to see tendencies used against them. That that's life in the NFL. They they can't let that blow up drives. And part of that is just staying ahead of the chains, right? Keeping the Cardinals on their heels. And you mentioned, you know, maybe they're gonna they're not gonna run the ball more than they pass the ball. But if they could get ahead in these games, maybe it would be much closer. You look at when games are close and early in games on early downs, the run pass split is 
pretty dang close. When the games start to get away from them, when they start to have second and longer, that's where they're skewing past because, well, if, if it's second and eight and you're down 10, do you really want to run the ball in the second half? Mm-hmm. I think most fans are, are understanding of that. When, when you get down in games, by the time they looked up in the second half, they were losing by 21. And, and the defense, and we need to get to the defense, I think, needs to be a little bit better too. We can't be giving up all these explosives and back-to-back-to-back scoring drives in the middle of the game. But this week, to, to wrap up on the offense, there are not a ton of threats. There's not a ton of talent on this Arizona defense and you credit them for playing hard and coming together with a good scheme and a good coaching staff and playing some good teams. Well, but if the offense doesn't get it right this week, then I really don't know when that get right is coming. So mm-hmm. uh, hopefully we see that this week, but the defense needs to help as well. They need to get back to complimentary football. So let's talk about the challenges for the defense this week and what they need to do coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. All you do is select two or more players and you pick more or less on their projected stats and place your entry. So maybe you think Joe Burrow is going to throw three passing touchdowns, which sign me up for that on Sunday, right? Or that Odell Beckham Jr. or Josh Allen is going to go for less than their projected amount of yards or touchdowns. You can go two to six players and boom, you can start winning today. And the best part, if you go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL, you're going to get a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. There are several keys to this game that are going to sound repetitive to Cincinnati Bengals fans. The fast start stuff we've been talking about for years. Got to contain explosives better than they have, and this hasn't been a problem for this team too much, really, under Lou Anarumo, but this year has been a problem. The Bengals have given up the most runs of eight-plus yards in the NFL, and that number is over 30 in four games. That's brutal. That's mind-blowing stuff. And the best part of this Cardinals team has been the way James Conner has been playing and the way Josh Dobbs has run the football for the Arizona Cardinals. So – Yes, there's Zach Ertz and there's Hollywood Brown and there's Rondale Moore and there's 
the passing game that Michael Wilson, they're pleased with the rookie in Arizona, but fast start, control the running game. I mean, it's yeah. not that complicated when, well, when you look at it from a really high level, right? Like once you get to the nitty gritty and, and all that stuff, sure. it's complicated, but no, it, you're right. And it, it does, it starts with James Connor and Dobbs is the legs. If you tell me Connor averages two and a half a clip and Dobbs has a low amount of num- rushing yards, I'd be pretty confident because that's going to do two things. One, it's going to make the Cardinals more one-dimensional than they want to be. Mm-hmm. Two, the play action probably won't be nearly as effective because it's hard. It, you want to put pressure on Nick Scott and Dax Hill, you know what you do? You get James Conner running downhill. Dobbs is a threat to run out of the backfield, and you establish that, and then you go play action with – 4-2 Hollywood Brown or Rondell Moore running all over the field or th- this Michael Wilson kid, third rounder, that's performing really well in recent weeks. Number 14, as a lot of players in the Bengals locker room noticed on film. They kept referring to him as his number because he's, he was making plays and, and standing out. So they have some weapons. It's just they like to establish the run first, and they've been able to do that a decent amount. I, I've been very surprised – by this Cardinals offense, and they're a, I feel like it's a good run scheme based on people I've talked to. It's, it's a quality run scheme, so it's much easier said than done to say, all right, we'll stop the run, but for the love of God, you're 31st in the NFL and, and rushing yards allowed. you got to stop the run this week. Yeah, and you, you talk about play action. You talk about some of the things the Bengals have struggled with this year, oh, man. And, and some of this is, is on paper here. And, and so the offensive coordinator, to, just to be clear, for the Arizona Cardinals, Drew Petzing, was previously quarterback's coach, tight ends coach with Cleveland under Kevin Stefanski. He, yep. he went to Cleveland with Stefanski from Minnesota. So, you, you know, you think about a, an offensive style like Cleveland that the Bengals have struggled with and the reason that you can't write this game off. And, and I mean, not that you need reasons. They're both one and three at this point, both of these teams. Stylistic similarities between Cleveland and and Arizona that we're going to see this week. Joshua Dobbs, talk about play action. You talk about game script. 33.3% of Josh Dobbs' dropbacks are play action dropbacks. Where Where is that in the territory with? One, one team the Bengals have played this year, Deshaun Watson, 33.1%. So 0.2% difference there. And uh, the Bengals' week six opponent, Geno Smith, leading the NFL in play action passes. So yeah. how do you handle that? Y- you, you make them drop back pass. Yeah. You get and, ahead. And, you don't let them run. You, you take the teeth out of that hard play action stuff and, and you give your defense a huge chance to, to play the way that they want to play. So, so here we are again, James fast start control the run. And Dobbs is obviously in Cleveland with Petsing. So that's, that's why he's been able to hit the ground running. You know, there's just familiarity there. And the moment you mentioned, you know, Watson's play action, it's like, Oh, well that, that makes sense because they, they got a guy that was playing there in Cleveland. This is a front seven game for all of the talk. And Chidobe Awuzie suffered tweak the back injury um, in Thursday's practice. We'll see he was limited. So I don't know if he was dealing with some kind of back thing that we just didn't know about. Cause he wasn't missing any time with it. Who knows? We'll get more details on Friday. but So there's some concern there. But to me, it's a front seven game because you have to dominate. 
the trenches and not let James Conner go off. Quality running back, there's no doubt. Let let this Cardinals rushing attack go. And you're right, they've and you've said this on multiple occasions. The quarterback runs have gotten them too. Mm-hmm. So this is this is going to be a good test. And I, you know, I've been pretty vocal, I would say, about the defense as as much as anyone because there's a ton of focus on the offense. Like nothing's been good. Nothing's been up to par, yeah. And it, it hasn't, you know. Like we could talk about Burrow all day long, but if the defense is going to go out there and get gashed in Arizona like they did last week, then does it matter? You know, it's just you, you can't give those up. And so, who knows? Maybe they'll, uh, maybe they'll rise to the occasion. And and I think they will. And the reason I'm optimistic is because we've seen it before, and I think they have the right mentality. I think they have the talent. The talent part matters. And, and so they need to to come out motivated. And if they do that and and they start fast, I, I agree with you. I think that's probably the biggest key is starting fast, taking the crowd out of it a bit, looking up and it's 10 nothing Bengals. Like just to just 10 points would be huge for, for this team and, and being able to play with a lead. Mm-hmm. Get to the second half with the lead. Then things get real tough for Arizona. Get to the second half of the lead. You take the teeth out of that running game, that play-action game, to, to a greater extent. We, we've talked about this with some other teams before, but if you can make Josh Jobs into a drop-back passer and, and let Trey Hendrickson pin his ears back, this isn't a terrible offensive line. Shout-out Paris Johnson Jr., Princeton Vikings alum, uh, Ohio State guy starting at right tackle for the Arizona Cardinals, but a Cincinnati guy, so shout-out Cincinnati guy there. But yeah. it's not a great offensive line. There are opportunities here, but the Bengals haven't necessarily taken advantage of offensive nope. lines that that we thought they should have this year. Last week against Tennessee being the most recent glaring example of this, down Peter Skaronsky, that the Bengals did not have a good game in the trenches. And, you know, for all of the preseason optimism around Zach Carter taking a step, around Joseph Osai, who is very slowly working his way back onto the field. We'll see if he Snap sees more count. than five snaps hopefully this week hopefully they're managing him very closely you're right but but they need to get more out of their depth on the defensive line whether that's playing time whether that's performance which at the same time is is a balance because you go back to week four and you'll find tweets from me and and you'll hear a rant from joe goodberry about how they had their second string defensive line on the field for a fourth and two on the first drive of the game so you know there, there is a balance there but this is a game that if you're the Bengals, you got to get back on track. You got to take care of business. Show us that you can be that team against a team that is not in that conversation that we thought you would be before the year. Yeah. Show some I, signs of that. Yeah, I agree. I think they do, by the way. Official prediction Bengals 23, Cardinals 13. That's taking care of business. That would be just fine. Two touchdowns, three field goals. It's not sure. perfect. There's plenty to work on, but they do enough. And the Arizona Cardinals, for, for as well as they, as they have played, should not be a team that can stand up to the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll see, we'll see how all these guys play because, like we've talked about, you know, there are major coaching concerns among the fan base, and, and there are certainly some play calls that are head-scratching on offense, and the coaches and players have all acknowledged that they need to do a little bit more given Joe Burrow's state to help him out, whether that's running the ball, whatever it is, just having more answers present, not dropping the football, cleaning up 
pre-snap penalties, cleaning up personal fouls, all this stuff that needs to be better. And we'll see how many of those boxes they can check off on Sunday in the desert. We'll have you covered after the game, of course, right here on Locked On Bengals. So until then, thanks for listening to this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Who day and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.